This is episode 12 of the TAP with Peace Amadi. You guys ready? Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back, everybody, to the Think Alpha Project. This, as you guys know, is a podcast, a conversation for success for the minority today in health, relationships, career, and wealth. And I am your host, Valentine Ewudo. Appreciate you guys always for tuning in. Pretty pumped for you guys to be listening in today. By the way, the show notes for this episode is going to be, here it is, thinkalpha.net forward slash 012. So make sure you're checking out the show notes. You know you can see all the photos and how to reach her as well. But the person we're going to be bringing on this episode is by the name of Dr. Peace Amadi. Now, Peace Amadi is a professor, writer, a speaker, and a personal development and brand coach. She was born to Nigerian immigrants. And even though she comes from humble beginnings, Peace now speaks across the country and transforms lives by inspiring others, which includes touching one of the most significant stages as a TEDx speaker. Peace is also the founder of The Pink Couch, and that's a digital community and a brand that celebrates femininity and also challenges women to get to the heart of the matter of areas such as overcoming painful pasts, goal setting, love, happiness, and business success. Her brand helps women to take care of their mental and emotional states, It helps them get more of what they want in life and also feel more comfortable putting in the work to become the best versions of themselves. And a couple of things that we talk about are the number one thing that is needed, but most often missed to succeed in relationships. And also the top three things you need to do to actually make real progress towards your dreams. So guys, without further ado, I bring to you guys, Dr. Peace Amadi. So we have the wonderful Peace Amadi. I'm going to go ahead and say that right. Amadi. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. good. That's right. Yeah, Amadi. Yep. So Amadi. We, yeah, you get it. No, that's good. That's, <laughs> that's good. I like it. Uh-huh. You did good. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for being on. It's my pleasure. I'm excited. I think it's going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. We have, uh, it's been going, we, you know, we've been rolling quite a few episodes and Actually, we're getting a lot of good feedback. Um, I, I love, I love what's happening, and to have you on, it's like another addition. Mm-hmm. And I know that you, 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 you just have a lot to share from, mm-hmm. from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be good for people, especially, I'd say, especially for women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my primary audience. Right. Mm-hmm. So I like to say first, like, what, what would you say is your expertise? Mm-hmm. So on paper. I am. No, I mean, like, <laughs> on paper, I'm a clinical psychologist. Right. I got my doctorate Doctor in clinical Peace. psychology. Yeah. So I'd say I'm an expert in mental health just by nature of what I've been trained in. But being a creative as well, I kind of I kind of like to say instead that I'm an, an expert in, in seeing people. So just kind of seeing where they are mentally, emotionally, physically, psychologically, and yeah, just what what their potential is, like where their greatness lies, where their brokenness is, 
um, the things that they might need to overcome to really be all that they're supposed to be. So, yeah, I, I see people, but not like right. in a weird, scary way. But I mean, that's that's what I'm trained to do. That's what my intuition is, you know, geared towards. So, yeah. Dr. Peace. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. And and you've been I mean, how long have you known that you because essentially you're working with people. Mm-hmm. That's what you're doing. It's people all day. Yep. So how long have you known that you wanted to do that? Mm. Do you know that for a while? Um, it was always, yeah, because growing up, I was always that person that people would come to with their problems or even people would come to with their dreams. Like, peace, I have this idea. You know, for some reason, I was always that person that people wanted to talk to when it came to really personal things. So I wasn't sure as a kid what it was about me that drew people to me in that way. And that kind of made people feel safe and comfortable. But, you know, as an adult, I've been able to understand some of my strengths as a person. And of course, you know, the training has come along the way. And um, yeah, I feel like it's always been that way. It it hasn't always been professional. It hasn't always been official, but there's always been there's there's always been that tendency for people to feel comfortable mm-hmm. talking to me about what's going on um, and talking to me about what they want in their lives. So I've kind of owned it and made a career out of it. Yeah. What's well, like because you know what, though, I've always wondered, uh, like when it comes to being a, a clinical psychologist, like. What are the, some of the craziest things like you you've seen? I'm, I know you had to see some crazy stuff. I though. mean, so to be fair, of course. I mean, when I was practicing, because I'm not practicing right now. I'm a psychology okay. professor full time. But when I was practicing, I mean, I've seen everything. I mean, you know, my job is to talk with people and help people out of literally mental illness. Yeah. So I've seen the whole the whole, like gamut, the whole gamut. You know of, what I mean? Yeah. But I would say, you know, outside of illness, the things that have been most interesting to me has actually been the work I've done with couples. Now that has been really interesting work to see (laughs) um, couples in sort of the throes of their craziness. Like I've seen and heard all kinds of things. Okay. So, all right. right, So we're talking about couples here because this is, okay, this is really good. So when it comes to couples, Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've gone through and worked with enough couples to like see a pattern. Is there, are there specifically like, there certain patterns that you see? Like, mm. um, I know, for example, in the ER, mm-hmm. I see so many patients that there's there's pretty much like a nice, good, less than ten buckets of people that that people fall into. Mm, okay, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, what are some of the most common issues yeah. you see? You know, when you've been working with couples. Yeah, two things for sure: trust, trust issues for sure. Um, sex, money, <laughs> and things from the past coming up and replaying themselves in relationships. I would say those are the four things that couples struggle with the most or the things that, you know, if a marriage, because I dealt mostly with married couples coming in, um, to break a marriage, it would be one of those things. Trust issues, money issues, sex issues, and not knowing how to deal with childhood issues that are replaying themselves in the relationship. Uh, so you, it's, it sounds like what you're saying is uh, uh, oftentimes people aren't aware of what the, the, the past and how it's affecting them now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
And out of all those things, I would say that that's probably the most problematic is yeah. not being conscious of what you're bringing into the relationship, not being conscious of what it is that could trigger you and why it is triggering you and why you're having such a strong reaction to someone. Um, yeah, I, if without that consciousness, the relationship really struggles. The person really struggles. It's really, really important to have an awareness of how your past has affected you because it does and there's no shame in that but you need to be conscious of that so you can try and make the best choices possible given your makeup given your history given your vulnerabilities yeah we all we all have stuff you know but it's it's the consciousness and awareness that really separates the people who do well in life from the people who don't and when you mean you mean consciousness mm -hmm. how would you how would you put that in layman's terms because yeah, you, you got to break that down. I know. <laughs> um, so, for example, knowing that, let's say you're a woman who mm -hmm. didn't have a father figure and yeah. you really, um, you really crave. Do you see that's common, though? Yes. Yes. I mean, daddy issues are common for women and men. I mean, right, it's, it's, right. A, it's a big issue across the board. It's right. Um, I get really excited when I see good dads because I know how crucial it is to have a present and emotionally responsive father. Um, of course, that is not in your control at all as a child. Um, but when you become an adult, you have to take ownership of the fact that not having a father figure, this is an example, but it is something I've seen, has affected you in ways and made you vulnerable in ways that could affect how you relate to men and kind of like a neediness and an overdependence because you finally have that male figure, that male attention that you've wanted your whole entire life. And so, um, and, and the reverse is also true. There'll right. be, you know, when, when guys, you know, have lacked something in their childhood, they will also have an overdependence or a neediness in their relationships that they think is normal, but maybe too much for the person that they're with. And um, if you're not aware of that, if you're not aware of how much your past and your past wounds may be putting unrealistic expectations on somebody else, mm. then that could, um, that could jeopardize the relationship and just kind of make you look crazy. You know what I mean? And, and you may not be crazy. You're just not walking around <laughs> with an awareness. Um, of what's impacting you. Right. And so, like not yeah, not even have that awareness yeah. at all. So that I think that's the word, consciousness, just an awareness. Like I'm vulnerable to this. I have these tendencies. I have this really deep craving that um I just have this really deep craving and I need to know that. I need to know that what I crave could be something that is beyond what a person could give me. Um, and so this, I mean, I, if I were to continue this kind of continue like down this road of, yeah, exactly, exactly. Just it how is. much we put on people. That's another <clears throat> episode. Uh -huh. <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And I, I said, I've said this on a previous episode and I said that from what I've learned, um, cause by no means am I a clinical psychologist, okay. uh, but from like some of the courses I've, I've done, seminars and workshops I've been in, 
Um, I've learned that, like for a guy, for example, for me, my relationship with my father determines or or lack thereof affects mm -hmm. my identity as a man, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yep. And then mm -hmm. my relationship with my mother or the lack thereof affects the way I relate to women. Yep. Yep. Right. Yeah. And you were just you were just saying that, and then likewise. Yeah. Likewise, for women, mm -hmm. right? The the relationship, let's say you have with your uh, your your mom, or yeah. lack of it, affects identity. Yep. And then uh, with with dad, it affects how you yeah. how you view. And no, and, and that goes back to. I mean, I don't want to get too into this, but that goes back to like Freud, Freudian framework, and just yeah. like how we, what we learn from our parents, how we learn mm -hmm. to be who we are in our in our, like you said, like our identity, yeah. in addition to that, our sexual identity, by looking, I mean, that is very much based on the same sex parent, you know, like what right. is a woman, right. what is that supposed to act like, be like, sound like, whatever, and then what is a man, and how am I supposed to relate to this man, or what can I expect from this man, that comes from how you dealt with the opposite sex parent, yeah. and there's exceptions to every rule, but... You, you'll see if you really got introspective or in, or did some psychoanalytic work, like officially, you would see those connections pretty wow. easily. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Look, I know we're still on this topic, but man, this is a hot topic right here. <laughs> <laughs> really? I'm, yeah, come okay. on. Yeah, okay. it is. Yeah, people. Man, because I, I, I just got to say this yeah. again. I, like, I, I've got to I've got to add this to it, too. Like I have me personally, mm -hmm. I've been um, in, you know, relationships where what I see is, and obviously as a guy, look, I'm not perfect. Of course, I've got my own faults, right? But what I see is, it's almost like, it's what I've seen other people call unrealistic expectations. Okay. But what I'm going to say is, it's like there's no, it's, it's, it's a, it's, how do I say it? It's like there's a there's they don't I don't think they have a friend, healthy frame of reference of what to expect from me. Okay. Yeah. And they expect things that the only place that I see it is in a movie. Hmm. Okay. Like I'm supposed to, you know, you know, I'm supposed to throw rocks at your window and and have flowers and sing you to you. Throw, you can't throw. I mean, rocks I could do that, <laughs> but <laughs> if I don't, you know? I'm a, I'm I'm not doing enough sure. as a boyfriend sure. or as someone that's I'm not doing enough. Sure. Like it's almost like that is supposed to be some sort of um, norm, like a standard. Sure. And yeah. yes, that might be a an interesting example, but yo, it's kind of like that. Yeah. Like, and I would say, I first of all, I've seen that. And I would say that that is in part because of maybe what was missing in childhood, but in part because of the narratives, unhealthy, unrealistic narratives that are pushed about love and relationship in media. I mean, you're not going to see a movie. You're not going to see a ton of movies with a lot of real and actual portrayals of what love and relationships look like. You know what's weird? Um... There was one video that I felt like did a really good job. And it's funny because it was a very, it, it was, it was both creative and I think dark at the same time. Um, hmm. Rihanna, we found love in a, was it a broken place? We found love in a, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, we, hopeless. A, All hopeless right. place? The crew, like, the crew knows. I don't want to say the wrong thing. <laughs> we found love in a hopeless place. A hopeless place. <laughs> um, that is, is kind of dark 
but I think it's it's more accurate yeah. than a lot of what we see in film. And so, I mean, it's not like a hopeful picture or something like, hey, you know, you want a little kid or, you know, a little brother or a little son, my son. This is what love is supposed to look like. Right. But I think seeing things like that can be really validating because I personally resonated. Like I have several times felt like I found love in a in a hopeless place, you know, and could not let go of that situation. And that's because of my own issues and my own vulnerabilities. So, I mean, just to say, like, I, like, I feel you and I, I can imagine that there's been some unfair expectations that have put on you because that happens in relationship and that probably comes from a number of things. Yeah. Most number of things. But once, but like, once again, this is a, this, we can make an entire, we can make a mini series out of this so all of that so um n- let's talk about what what you have in terms of what you have going on in terms of your project okay i know that currently you're building a brand mm-hmm. talk to me about it yeah so my brand is called the pink couch let me ask you what do you think of when i say the pink couch first of all what is couch that's that's a good question yeah what is couch the word couch connote to you like mm-hmm. connotation couch for me is like Cool, laid back, uh, okay. casual. Okay. What are you doing on a couch? We're chilling. Uh-huh. Okay, you chill. Okay. I'm chilling. I'm chilling on a couch. What else? I'm playing video games you on the couch. You are also a guy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that kind of color. I'm playing some video games on the couch. <laughs> on the couch. On the couch. Okay. Well, might you think of like chit chat, like girl talk kind of stuff? Do it look like, <laughs> look like channel, channel of girl right but you know, now. But you know uh-huh. what though? If, if I'm on a couch... With like we are right friend. now. Yeah, if mm-hmm. I'm on the couch with a friend, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. Okay, good, because yeah. that was the right answer. <laughs> and then pink, I mean, pink is a very bold color. It's often associated with femininity. Okay. So my brand is about pretty much getting to the heart of the matter, of the things that mm-hmm. matter to us most, and specifically doing that with women. And I, and I often say, like, it's my belief that we all want three things. We all want love. We all want to be happy and we all want to be successful, especially in this day and age. Success has become this huge thing. It's almost like you're not doing life unless you are successful or getting towards, you know, that's just that's just our culture right now. So love, happiness and success. And I recognize that particularly in women. And I also recognize the things that get in our way to finding love. Um, and maintaining a healthy relationship in love. And this is romantically and also with friends and family. Finding happiness slash wholeness and becoming successful, like the blocks that get in the way. So my whole brand is about doing the work, doing the the deep work, doing the emotional work, doing the psychological work on a couch or a virtual couch or a proverbial couch with women. And so whatever I do, be it blogging, be it the creative projects that I've started or working on, be it the talk show that I have shot and we're going to see where With a live that. audience. <laughs> yes, you got a live audience. You got to. Another level. Um, Maybe one day. <laughs> so all of that centers around that theme. Like what matters to us and awesome. what do we need to recognize? How do we need to overcome these blocks? Um, how can we get what we want in this short little life that we have? Wow. So that's what the pink couch is about. So but how it's do you, multimedia. So like I said, right. All that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's good. I mean, these days, you know, it's what I see is that you're just working to reach people through all channels. 
Yeah. Like, because exactly. you have people who are readers. Yeah. Like me, I'm not necessarily a video. I, I'm not. I don't necessarily watch a lot of videos, mm-hmm. but I listen to something. Yeah. I listen to a podcast. I listen and I read. Yeah. I love reading. Yeah, so me too. You know, you, you're going to reach different people with that. Yeah. So I, I think it's amazing that you're doing that. I need to Thank take you. some notes. No, you're doing good. This <laughs> is great. This is great. You know. This is, yeah. <laughs> so tell me about how you, um, tell me about like the journey with even coming up with that. Like did this come, did this spawn from your own personal experience or something you went through? In terms of the pink couch or yeah. like my brand? Mm-hmm. Um, Was it inspired by it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think everything we do in general is inspired by what we've been through or what we've seen. Right. And so I just, you know, personally in my journey have identified those things myself, you know, wanting love, wanting wholeness and happiness, wanting success. And I've seen that just in so many women, like it just really comes down to those three things. But because of my own, my own history um, as well as what people have opened up to me, it is, it's so easy to get in your own way. Yeah. Um, self-sabotage is real. Um, it's almost like we want these things, but we don't think we deserve them. We don't think, you know, they exist for us. Uh, we oftentimes get caught in the scarcity principle. Like there's just not enough to go all around, um, particularly with love. I'm just hearing a lot of ones. So I'm in my 30s. Okay. You hear in other women in their 30s, you know, they see their they see other people getting hooked up and they want love. And there's just like immediate fear, like that there's no longer any good men just because, you know, there's people getting their dudes. But that's again, that's that's a scarcity mentality. Like, yes, there's stats and there's all these things that, you know, present some real issues to to finding love. But I honestly believe that there is whatever you want is for you. Whatever you want wants you back. So if, you know, it doesn't matter that other people are getting it. Other people getting it takes nothing from you, whether that's love, whether that's success, whether that's friendships, whatever it is that you want. So I've had to work through some of those fears myself. And again, in the the stories that have been shared with me, I I see the same patterns where it's just like a lot of fear, a lot of um, self-sabotage and... Yeah, I was just like, you know what? There's something here, and I want to start like helping women and continue healing in my own journey. Um, yeah, like that—that's well, the goal. Okay, you said healing, so I want to know where you've in places that you've healed and mm-hmm. in places that you're currently working through in terms of your own healing. In my own healing? Oh yeah, you. <laughs> um, well, I'm the psychologist. I'm supposed to be. You also human. Asking. That's very true. <laughs> no, I mean. Um, <laughs> I think <laughs> that's such a personal question, but I think, and I, I, I have no shame in saying this, but I definitely have my own insecurities. Um, I think we all do. And I know that a lot of mine have come from my history with bullying. So I was wow. a very badly bullied kid growing up. I mean, um, yeah, just, you know, the things you see in movies, like that kids go through when they're bullied. Like I've, I've gone, I've, been that I've been that kid that's been tripped or like spit on and you know called ugly very often and just you know it was just like a really bad time for a lot for many years of my childhood um so that leaves you feeling really yeah a little bit of that too oh yeah Yeah. man oh oh, 
My, my, brother's, <laughs> my brother's here. He knows. Yeah. No, it's real. It's real. And um, We had to fight off a lot of people. Yeah. No, that's real. <laughs> yeah, it's real. Yeah. Um, but that, you know, I think one yeah. of the things that that one of the things that that resulted in was just like this incredible self-consciousness, you know, just like because everyone's sort of attacking you for something you can't understand. Mm -hmm. Like the only thing that makes sense to you is like, it, I'm just wrong. Like, you know, I'm not mean to people. I'm not, you know, starting this stuff. So I'm just wrong as a person. So you just become incredibly self-conscious, like trying to figure out what is it about me that is inviting people to, to do these things and to say these hurtful things. And so even though the bullying stopped, the bullied kid continued, yeah. you know, that, that self-consciousness that like, I just have to have everything all together and I'm not going to, I don't want to put myself out there. I never want to put myself in a position to ever be ridiculed again because it felt so awful. That kind of stuff just kind of locks you up, you know, and there'll be things that you know you could do or you feel like you should be doing that you're so afraid to do because you risk being ridiculed and you don't ever want to go back to that place. And so it took a long time mm -hmm to start putting myself out there with the pink couch show with all these things because for so long I was just I feared ridicule and criticism oh. so much I was like I will never I I just I <laughs> promised myself I would never go back to that place but the thing is you know it's you can't do that you know you the the greatest things are obviously on the other side of fear the the greatest Things that you can do in your life are going to invite some sort of criticism and ridicule. And I think, yes, it, it's understandable to want to avoid that at all costs, right. but it's you have to decide what you want more. Do you want to be the person that you know you can be? Do you want to touch the lives that you know you can touch? Do you want to maximize all the gifts that God has given you? Or do you want to let those negative voices win? You know, you decide what you want more. So for me, it, the fear didn't go away per right. se. I'm still relatively self-conscious. People think I'm this confident person. I am, but I'm still self-conscious. But that matters less to me than me being able to live a life that I know is true to me. Like, I don't want to live beneath the peace of money that I know that I was called to be. So I want that more than I want to be safe from criticism. Yeah, exactly. But I feel like you had to get to a point where your back was against the wall mm. so much that you were tired of the status quo. Like you were tired mm. of the, the where you were and mm. not being where you want to be. Yeah, yeah. Do you, is that... Yeah, and I feel like for me, I... It's interesting how that happened because you're right. Mm -hmm. I don't remember an exact moment, but I do remember a feeling that I would feel when I would see people, whether it be in my life or in media, doing things that I know I could be doing. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yes, I, it, yes. It's such an yes. annoying, frustrated feeling where you just, you're literally watching somebody live a life that you know. I don't want to say should be yours because everyone has their own journey, but you're you're watching somebody thrive in a space you know you can thrive in. And not to be necessarily conceited or anything or narcissist or anything like that, but it's like I look at sometimes, you know, in, in the past, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, 
Are just you like serious? that. No words necessary. Just yeah, like, I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could, I could, I could easily yeah, do that. Easily, right? Like yesterday, like five years ago. So yeah, I can't remember an exact moment, but I can remember feeling like that, starting to feel like that too often, like more often than not. Where it's just like, why am I not yeah. doing this? Why am I not pushing past? These doors, this doesn't make sense. And and I honestly feel like that came from God. I honestly yeah. feel like it was a, like a spiritual divine thing for God to show me, God to show me myself, but like in other people and God to show me like spaces because you feel, you feel it. You're right. like, you know, like yeah. I'm like, this is not, I'm supposed to be like, mm. that's where I'm supposed to be, you know? And it's a very strong, you can't shake it. And once that happens to you, like once that grips you, that feeling of like, I'm supposed to be there, like I see my future and I'm here, but I'm supposed to be over there. You can't, you got to get going, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So that's, that's what happened for me. And so that just pulls you. Mm -hmm. So for a lot of people, because uh, I'm, I'm just going to say this too, over the years, you know, I've grown, <clears throat> I've grown my business with Herbalife, grew that, become successful with that, getting into this, um, dip nursing, you know, did all that. But throughout these years, you know, just like you, people have, you know, people have come to you to ask you, hey, so this is where I'm at in life. I'm stuck or I'm, I feel like I am unhappy or dissatisfied. What, for the people that haven't, because I feel like I, I haven't gotten, I didn't get there. It, it reached a certain point in time for me to really feel so compelled that I could not stand to live another day without like going for it this mm -hmm, time, like mm -hmm. especially with this project, with, yeah. with, with this podcast. Yeah. So there's a lot of folks out there who are still on that journey. They are experiencing pain, they're experiencing unhappiness, yeah. dissatisfaction, yeah. but they still haven't reached that yeah. proverbial rock bottom. Yeah, okay. Like okay. What, what would you say, like what would you tell someone like that? Well, well do you, would you want me to speak to the fact that they haven't, reached rock bottom yet or would you want me to speak to the fact that they know that they're supposed to be doing something that they're not doing both because <laughs> that, that, that's that's like that's really hand in hand yeah yeah that yeah you know i think one of the things that i actually learned in um in my training was like the the power of creating doubt actually um and raising questions for people. So if I saw if I saw someone who I knew was living beneath their potential, I would kind of make them feel that even more. Like, you know, you're doing this, but but you know what you really want to be doing. Why aren't you why aren't you doing that? How long could you really live beneath what you know you're supposed to be is is this is this the legacy you want to leave so kind of creating that doubt kind of poking a hole in this complacency like they'll be okay if they just kind of just keep doing life kind of poking a hole in this idea that they have all this time in the world you know just sort of creating doubt and and um you say you're putting it in their face <laughs> pretty much yeah but i'm trying to be nice about it so that's what i would do because it, it actually really personally hurts my heart to watch people live beneath their potential like it's just one of my things i know that spiritually if i can get spiritual here i know that one of my gifts is to help people become all they're supposed to be awesome. and so i i just have this burden when i come across people that are 
living low when they have such a high calling on their lives. And I, I kind of make it my duty to poke holes in their little complacency and say, no, we got like, there's literally people out there whose lives are dependent on you becoming you. And you're just going to sit here and like feed your dog and watch Netflix for five hours a day. No, we're not. not we're not that. doing that. You know what I mean? So when they get to that place where they're like, okay, I'm sick of it. What do I do? I'm also a very firm believer in one small step, like one tiny step changes can change the trajectory of your whole entire life. One small step, because you create with one small step, you begin to create momentum for yourself. One small step, you experience a little bit of success and one small step, you become addicted to that feeling and yeah. that keeps you going like, oh, if I can do that, what else can what I else? do? Yeah. You know, so just take one small step, however small it is, experience success in that and it'll be game over. You like once you're addicted to a feeling, you're addicted to it's a just, feeling, yeah. you know what I mean? So you just got to hop that little hop that little bridge i guess that's yeah. not one small step but you know what i mean yep mm -hmm. yep absolutely yeah and and I, i'll say the same thing uh, that this th this is the case for me with this podcast is is just a small step of well first doing a little bit of research writing things down yeah and then first actually you know what i it took me the longest to actually record something yeah yo i because that's a big step. i tried to do everything else yeah except for record yeah so and what like, got you to finally record you know what? Um, I think in, in our heads, or I'm just going to say for me, in my head, oftentimes my imagination takes over. And in my imagination, oftentimes creates a picture that makes it a lot more daunting than it actually is. Yeah. I so so for me, in my mind, I'm like, I got to, it's got to be perfect. Um, I have to say the right thing. Yeah. And I say, you know what? Yeah. This is where I'm going to, how about I do this? Let me write something. Let me write a paragraph. Yeah. And get on the mic and read the paragraph. Yeah. Yeah. That's literally what I thought. Yeah. About. And That's then. Fantastic. Yeah. So I just kept doing that. I was like, okay. Damn. I, I started to hear the sound. I'm like, okay, this is cool. Yeah. And then I got my. I, yeah. Hey, I was like, hey, Rumi, uh, my roommate. I said, let's have a conversation. Let's just talk. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cute. I can picture you. I was like, let's just, <laughs> let's let's just, just talk. talk man. Let's, <laughs> let's just talk, man. Yeah, talk yeah. to your boy, right? Yeah, so. Uh -huh. So I got my mic. I put a mic on him. Okay. And then we just started talking. And I, you know, I, I appreciate Ashwin to this day. You know, that's the name of my roommate. Um, but that, the, those little steps, yep. it, it gave me that feeling of accomplishment yep. after it when I would hear it. Not even yep. when I was done, but when I would go back and replay yeah. it. And I'm like, and yo, like, this, this sounds good. Exactly. Yeah. And you start, you created momentum for yourself yeah. because you experienced success, what you're calling accomplishment. You're like, yeah. well, that's good. And, and it felt good. Yeah. You know what really I mean? Good. And then you, you want to keep feeling that, you know? So that's exactly, that's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. The power of the small step, however little and however silly mm -hmm. it may feel. I mean, if, if I tell you the things that I had to do to prepare myself to start no I've literally I mean I've literally in my adult life have set up lights and grabbed whatever little like figures dolls whatever I may have in my house and set them up like I am talking to, to people wow that, like real life like and, and it's just what I needed to do to practice talking and seeing little eyeballs on me and like whatever you have to do and you know it it, it was silly but it's what I needed to mm. get to where I am you know what I mean that one one small step mm, 
the little baby dolls. <laughs> Whatever you need to do. You know what I mean? But that also helped me like practice camera setup and yeah. you know be kind of like a self-sufficient producer for mm -hmm. like the the scale of stuff that I was doing and yeah. I'm doing. So and then you learn the, the more you just do it, the more you grow in your skill. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you're doing all this stuff and all of a sudden you got lights and cameras mm -hmm. and and a live audience. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he loved my life. My live audience was lit, it went bro. From, it went from teddy bears <laughs> to people. <laughs> to, to actual <laughs> to people. people. Look at that. You know what I'm saying? Look, look at, at God. No, That's look, what... it, it was real live. I made jumps, man. I just want to be successful, man. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's mm -hmm. awesome. So... What's something uh, that you would say uh, people are missing? Like, piece of advice yeah. people are missing that they need to get ahead. <sighs> okay, so I'll say the word and then and then I'll give background um, focus. And here's here's why I say this because we we are our, our world today has made it so that we have a front row seat to everybody's life, whether we want to or not, yeah. whether it's good for us or not, whether it's a balanced you know, amount of time or not. So be it through reality television or especially social media, we're just confronted with people's lives all day, every day yeah and when people are doing well in whatever aspect of life that matters to you it can be discouraging because of our and i, and I purposely say this our natural tendency for comparisons comparison gets a bad rap so here's a psychological thing we, we you know there's there's little quotes that say like comparison is a thief of joy and da, 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 da. that's fine and like i get it but it also is very simplistic picture because we are natural comparers just in life. If we didn't compare, I actually spoke about this in my TED talk. If we didn't compare, we would not be. Well, hold on, we gotta, hold on, <laughs> hold, hold on. on. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, 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 no. You can't just, you can't just randomly sprinkle yeah, that you're. I haven't in a, even shared that little. That you in a TED talk, yeah? I did a TEDx, a TED talk. yeah, about social media. Well, I, so I'm I mean, really passionate about this. Oh my God! Yeah. Okay, we got another. We gotta have another episode. That's fine, but I'm really passionate. Okay, <laughs> really let's, finish, passionate let's about, finish this topic. And I talk about like in the talk, I talk about how comparison isn't necessarily the problem. We're naturally compares. Like the reason why we're inspired by people is we're making some level of comparison. Like yeah. this person is doing that. Oh my God, I would love to do that one day. That is a level of comparison. Mm -hmm. Is because we're natural evaluators, and the only way that we can kind of measure how we're doing is to have an objective measure. So that's comparison. So it isn't comparison in and of itself. That's the problem. It's the fact that we make, it's, it's all the meaning we put on the comparison. Oh, so we say got stuff it. like, oh, they're doing well. Oh, I'll never be able to be where that person is. Oh, they got a man. Oh, the, she took the last good man. Or, you know, they got an award. Ugh. There, you know, I guess I'll never get an award. So we make those comparisons and then we put some really negative bent on it that's the problem but anyways huh. we're confronted does that make sense absolutely By chance? yeah okay. so that's my whole thing like comparison in and of itself is actually adaptive it's the meanings we make with our comparisons that's the problem so that being said we're, we're confronted with all of this stuff in social media and reality te television of people 
living their lives. We make these really unfair comparisons about what's going on, how we'll never be such and such and we'll never get such and such and there's no more such and such left for me. And all of that is just a terrible distraction from what you're supposed to be doing. I always say like your destiny, your purpose requires 100% of you. 100, not 99, definitely not 77 or anything lower, 100% of you. If you're going to be whatever you feel like you're supposed to be in life, 20% can't be going to watching what Jennifer's doing. 13% can't be going to what Bobby's doing. You know, 9% can't be going to what Linda's doing. They ain't worried about you. 100% <laughs> needs to be devoted to your journey in building the life you want. So what people need is they need to focus. They need to turn down the distractions. They need to get off people's pages, get off television, get off all that stuff get inside and start taking those small steps that's going to get them to wherever it is they know they're supposed to be. Focus on your own path. Get all this other stuff out the way. It's hard to do and you kind of have to fight for that because again, we're flooded with everybody else's life. But if you're going to be anywhere, you got to do it. If you need to fast from social media for a month to get yourself together, fast from social media. If you need to, you know, buy off um, television for a month to write that book, do what you need to do. You know right. what I mean? So focus. I think people would be a lot happier if they just focused on their journey and their gifts and what they're supposed to be doing. Wow. <laughs> sorry. I, that was... <laughs> Ain't no sorry here. <laughs> you know, that Ain't was... Ain't no sorry here. Um, yeah. I mean, that's just 100% of you. 100% of you. 100% and obviously you're speaking from experience. Like that's what you've you've done to get to where yeah. you are so far. I regularly I'm I am in the space often social media. I mean, it's part of my business. Right. I, I have a I love social media, but I also hate it at the same time. And when I I will literally time myself, like when I'm being good, I will literally time myself. Okay, peace, you're going to spend 30 minutes scrolling and escaping life, and then you're gonna delete this app from your phone and you're gonna get your behind to work because what are you doing? Do you know what I mean? Watching so-and-so, you know, uh, so-and-so's picture of the new car does nothing for for where I'm going. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, right, it, right. Does it does zero things. I mean, and it doesn't take but a second to say congratulations. So if my argument is like, well, I wanna be there for my friends and support, cool, that takes you two minutes, not three hours. Do you know what I mean? Right. But if you sit there and timed yourself, how long you spent scrolling through people's stuff. Literally, this, this is hours and hours and hours, and you don't realize it until you kind of start timing it. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? So, yes, mm -hmm. I, I have gotten lost myself in social media. I have gotten lost in other ways of escapism, and I have realized that it does, all it does, it, it takes from me. It, it gives me nothing. Zero. Zero. So... I've learned what I need to do. I fast regularly from social media. I get myself together. I go, I'm only in the space when I feel kind of just like mentally healthy and like, like I'm, I'm there to do what it's supposed to do, which is like, you know, engage with my audience and all of that stuff. But as soon as it turns into just getting lost in everybody else's life and how they have what I don't want, I'm off that joint. I'm out. I'm out. I don't I'm have out. time for that. Well, that doesn't serve any, it doesn't serve you Anything. at all. Wow. Okay. Okay. I just got served. <laughs> no, why, why do you say that? Served in a good way. In a okay. very good way. In a very I, I think um I think people are missing that. 
And I think that's what, for me, that's what a big key is for my own success is, is that ability to focus, yeah. to, yeah. I put my phone in the room. Yeah. My phone's yeah. in the room and I have like a, I have like a desk, right? I have a desk with a computer and I'm just on that. Yeah. And I, I take three hours. I, I was so fortunate though to get that from Nigeria, you know, being in Nigeria. Because mm. I went to high school in Nigeria. Okay. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So literally every every day, Monday through Sunday, for three hours from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m., every student goes to their desk. We have a dedicated desk. It's like wood, sure wooden chair, dedicated. wooden desk. Uh -huh. You take the lamps, you know, because there's no electricity. So, and you set your lamp and you set your textbook <laughs> uh -huh. and you're doing your homework. Yeah. Three hours every single night. Straight. And I and I tell yeah. people, like, that has been my secret. Um, whenever I'm really trying to get to a goal, be it, you know, in college for nursing, be it in my business, hand, you know, something new that I'm doing, I say, you know what? It may not even be three hours because you might not have the time. Yeah. But it's like, okay, for one hour, everything's gone it's just me and this thing i have to get done yeah and i just time myself for one hour that's so good yeah and that's then so good and then if it, it, and what's cool is as you when you're intentional about it yeah. what what happens is you start to notice when you're distracted yeah so when when you do grab that phone yeah. or you end up all of a sudden you look up and you're like three tabs of social media on, yeah. the, on the browser. Yeah. Like, <laughs> on the browser. Okay, when it's on the off. browser, it's deep. You're like, okay, I need to get off. Oh, oh, oh I'm supposed to be, yeah. I'm supposed to be focused. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. But um, man, that has done everything for me. Cause it doesn't take much time to do the things necessary to succeed. Yeah. That's what I noticed. That's so good. It doesn't take much no, time, it but it, it takes, just takes concentrated time. Yeah. Yep. It's concentrated time yep. and then being consistent with the concentrated time. Yep. Consistent concentration. Ooh. <laughs> Come on. Absolutely. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. But you, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's, that's what that is. Mm -hmm. Wow, man. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. So how do we find you? How do you find me? Okay. He's, so. TEDx. <laughs> Convenient left um, that part out. Well, I mean, speaking of social media, um, you can find me on Instagram at Pink Couch Girl. Um, you can find my blog at thepinkcouchblog.com. And I am currently building my YouTube channel. We'll be launching that so you can see a bunch of the video work that I'm doing. So for now, I would say social media and my blog would be a great place to, to connect with me and stay tuned to what... Pink Couch Girl, gonna be doing. Pink Couch Girl, I like that, <laughs> and it's easy to remember. Yeah, cool. Good. That's good. I'm That's glad. Good. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I'm working on that YouTube life too. You know. Yeah, we'll you're doing it though. We're, we're growing. You know. With that hour concentration, I mean, you could like straight up start like a boot camp with you know <laughs> seriously because that's a good training. That's a good skill. Yeah. What? Let me not. That's a business idea. We'll, we'll. Look, nah. <laughs> you know what we'll I learned? Talk about uh, that yeah. Look, I share ideas, man, because people. 99% of people ain't going to do it. That's also they true. They will not execute. That's, that's, the, that's the issue. That's also true. Nobody yeah. executes. Ideas that's everywhere. So but yeah. but I think that's a that's a deeper issue. I think that's like what I was talking earlier about sabotage and just feeling like it can't yeah. really be yours even if you want it. Because there's no reason not to execute. If you know that what you want is yours, there's you're no. not going to not execute. That's stupid. And people aren't stupid. They're just <laughs> like you know, affected by whatever it is that's going on mentally. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. You just blessed this audience uh, by being here. But I just want to acknowledge you also. 
acknowledge you for all the work you continue to do mm. for women. We even get to talk about the humanitarian stuff that I know that I saw. Uh, but you're, you're doing that anyway through your work on a daily basis. So thank you, um, thank you for stepping out, um, being being you, working on being authentic every single day. And because it takes it takes a lot of courage. Thanks so much. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, you got it. Thank you. So uh, you know, we uh, but we, I was, I was serious about that next episode. So uh, I'll be, <laughs> I'll be here, whatever, whenever you need me. All right, guys, and that's a wrap. I hope you all enjoyed the episode because that was fire. I appreciate you guys once more again tuning on. A quick favor to you guys, let me know what you think. Make sure you go to the show notes and also leave a review. Uh, go to thinkalpha.net forward slash iTunes in there. That link will send you to the iTunes store where you can leave a review. I'm telling you guys, it means everything. I appreciate it one more time. And I hope you guys are learning from this. You know, you can always check me out on my Instagram at Val Ewudo. And also just go to the website. You'll be able to link to everything. And, and even if you want to see this, the video of this, you can see the video as well. It's on YouTube as well. Okay. So once again, I appreciate you guys. You guys know what time it is. Get out there and make something happen. See you on the next one. Peace. <laughs>